Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Please contact your account representative for more information on these risks. Past performance is not indicative of future results. If you like grain markets and other stuff, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Grain Markets and Other Stuff Podcast. Here's your host, Joe Baklovic. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Grain Markets and Other Stuff Podcast. It is Tuesday, May 12th. Uh, USDA just released this monthly crop production and WASDE report here about uh, 40 minutes ago as I speak. Uh, thank you for listening to the podcast. If you are not already subscribed, uh, make sure you jump on whichever podcast app that it is uh, that you use, whether it's Apple, Google, Spotify. Make sure you subscribe so you are made aware when new episodes are posted. In addition to that, if you like the podcast, especially if you're listening on Apple, leave me a review. Uh, tell me why you like it. If you don't like the podcast or you have some constructive criticism for me, I would love to hear that as well. So uh, leave me a bad rating. Uh, tell me how I can improve. Tell me how I can get better at this, but uh, thank you for listening. We hit the 50,000 download mark uh, earlier this week. We I've had 50,000 downloads of this podcast since the first episode was posted in mid-January, so thank you for listening. Uh, I'm happy uh, to report those numbers and happy to report that just about every episode uh, continues to get more uh, downloads, more listens, more people uh, interested than the one that preceded it. So again, thank you for listening. So this is not going to be um, a long episode today. I want to talk about the corn and soybean balance sheets. I want to talk about some things uh, I discussed uh, ahead of the report and uh, we'll kind of give you the outlook moving forward. So I'm going to start off with these uh, soybean balance sheets and I'm mostly going to focus just on the U.S. stuff. Um, we'll, we'll make this really simple and I'm not going to make this a, a math lesson for you, but we'll kind of give you the lay of the land. So you look at the old crop soybean numbers and they were actually kind of negative. Um, the old crop bean carryout, which is the uh, amount of soybeans left over in the U.S. on August 31st of this year, so this is the projection for August 31st of this year, it jumped to 580 million bushels from 480 million bushels last month. The reason for that uh, was was basically just one change. Uh, USDA cut their projection for exports by 100 million bushels. I, I would probably say that that move was warranted. Um, you look at the pace of export sales and shipments, it, it has not been what it needed to be. Uh, some people might argue that 100 million in this report was was a little bit too aggressive. I don't know if I'd make that argument. I, I have no issue with this. Um, so 580, that's a little bit more burdensome than we would have liked to see. Keep in mind, last year's carryout at the end of uh, August 2019, our carryout was over 900 million bushels. So when you look at, at the 580 compared to that 900 from last year, it's still not necessarily a terrible looking situation. Now, where you can find maybe some more friendly uh, news in the soybeans is in the new crop projections. And the new crop projections you have to take with a grain of salt. Everything that they're telling us here is uh, no better than an educated guess. It's, it's a glorified educated guess. They're throwing darts at a board here is what they're doing for new crop. Um, they used the March acreage number, 83.5 million planted. Um, they're using a trend line yield, 49.8. Um, and then you've got some uh, demand projections, which again, throwing darts at a board here. They, they are looking for a, a much better export number. Um, 
about what 350 400 billion bushels above uh, what we saw or are expected to see in this old crop marketing year so you're left with a new crop carryout projection of 405 million bushels now keep in mind that is what the government is projecting that 405 that's what they are projecting will be left over in the u.s on august 31st of 2021 so they're trying to estimate two things here basically what is this year's crop going to be? That's a toss-up. Nobody can predict the weather. Nobody can predict the yields. Uh, even more difficult, or, or I guess just as difficult to predict, is what sort of demand we see for soybeans out of the U.S. in the period from September 1st of this year through August 31st of next year. So when you think about that in, in the context of just how far out that is in in terms of months, in terms of, you know, we're trying to project demand more than a year out, um, you know, for those last few months of, of the marketing year for next year, uh, it's 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 a tall task. And, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with USDA. We have to start somewhere and we have to start with projections and then adjust them as we go. And that's exactly what the USDA does. Um, I will say about this soybean thing, I could I could look at this soybean balance sheet, especially the new crop balance sheet and paint you a friendly picture. I could probably say, you know, China's going to buy, buy more beans than uh, what USDA is projecting here, and that export number is too low. I could say that the crush number, you know, that probably sticks around. Crushings have been pretty good, but that could decline if, if the prices were to go up, that's for sure. Um, the crop, of course, you could always make the argument that the yield is too high or too low, and especially in May when you've got, you know, half the crop planted. Uh, it, this is only an assumption, and if you were to chop two, three, four, five bushels off that national yield, you're left with a pretty tight situation. Now, conversely, we could end up with a higher yield number. Uh, we could end up with worse demand. There's a lot of things that could happen here. So don't get too excited about anything in these new crop balance sheets. They're just, they're educated guesses at the very, very best. So the soybean numbers, I mean, the old crop stuff, again, a little bit more bearish than I would have liked to have seen. The market doesn't seem to be too phased by it here. As I speak at 1145 Central Time on Tuesday after the report, uh, the bean market's down anywhere from two to three cents. Not a big move, not a ton of volatility uh, at all. So um, no no major surprises. And to go on to the corn numbers, these were the numbers, as, as I talked about in the uh, Brace for Impact episode, that... Uh, were very highly touted. There was a lot of people looking forward to these numbers and just how bearish they might be. And yes, we got some bearish stuff here in the new crop. Uh, let me talk about old crop first. And I, I'm going to say that the old crop numbers in corn were friendly on the U.S. balance sheets. Um, the carryout number and that that USDA is projecting for August 31st of this year for old crop uh, was 2.098 billion bushels. The trade was looking for a number above 2.2. So we were a good 100 and 120 million bushels less than the average trade guess for old crop corn carry out in the US. Uh, that's a positive. And there were a bunch of adjustments here. They actually cut uh, harvested acreage for last year by 100,000 in corn. They cut the yield uh, by two tenths of a bushel. Um, so last year's production was cut by 29 million. Um, they increased feed demand by I think 25 million. They increased uh, exports by 50 million. And then you saw another 100 million bushel cut to ethanol. So USDA's cut uh, a demand for corn via the ethanol industry for this old crop marketing year by a total of, I think, 475 million bushels over the last two months. That's a big chunk of change. Uh, you have to imagine that if, if this virus thing never hit, uh, we would be in much, much better shape in regard to this corn market. But we're not. And this is the reality that we're in. But 
that that 2.098 call it 2.1 that's that's 100 million bushels uh, 120 million bushels better than the average trade guess or lower than the average trade guess. So I, as soon as I saw this report, my thought initially was, you know what? The old crop number is friendlier than we thought. And the new crop number, yeah, it's bearish looking, but new crop again, just like in beans, it's an educated guess. It's just, it, there's, there's no way to quantify any of this. They're using trend line yields. They're using just their best guesses in terms of demand. There's not really much there you can hang your hat on. But to go to this new crop corn balance sheet, which is ugly, and we knew it was going to be ugly. I told you last week it was going to be ugly. Uh, 97 million acres, that was the um, the March acreage intention number that they always use in this May report. They're using a yield to start off, which is, is a trend line yield in their book, I guess, 178.5. No surprise there. Um, beginning stocks, of course, are your old crop ending stocks, about 2.1. And then, um, you know, demand, they're looking for slightly better demand for ethanol. Um, uh, in terms of exports, they're looking for uh, better demand in new crop corn. And the way it all shakes out, 3.3 billion bushel carry out. So that's a problem. If it were to be realized, it's a problem. If we we plant 97 million, if we yield 178.5, if the demand numbers only improve marginally with these lower prices so just like i talked about in beans when it comes to the new crop corn situation here they're throwing darts at a board these are educated guesses at the very very best um very difficult uh to say exactly what's going to happen in terms of supply, you know, weather this year, in terms of demand, um, does the ethanol industry recover? Uh, probably most importantly, um, there, there's just a lot of guesswork here, and 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 I'm not I'm not putting down USDA when I say that. I'm just saying that they have a very difficult job, but we have to start somewhere, and this is where we start in this May report for the new crop marketing year, which doesn't begin until August 31st, but of course is is uh, really part of this year's growing season. I mean, this year's crop is, is the crop that gets put on that balance sheets. So all in all the report, I mean, I'd call it maybe a little bit friendly for corn versus expectations just because of that, that lighter, uh, old crop carryout number, um, in beans, I'd call it kind of a mixed bag. The old crop number, maybe a little bit more bearish than expected new crop, um, Maybe a little bit more friendly than expected, but you know, you look at the markets. Corn's trading a penny higher uh, in old crop contracts, a penny lower in new crop. Beans are down two cents today. Very, very little volatility following the report. Now things could change here in the last hour and a half after I wrap up this uh, podcast. But this just goes back to what I told you last week. I told you we were going to get a big bearish number, and I told you that a lot of it was baked into the market. And as it turns out, that's uh, exactly the case. And uh, you know. I'm I'm not uh, always right about this sort of stuff, but I I just didn't think that this one was too difficult to see. I mean, everybody thought that the carryout was going to be three billion, maybe closer to four billion bushels for for that new crop marketing year, which again, one doesn't matter a whole lot because they're all guesses, and two, everybody knew it. So you, you've got to not only just look at the numbers on paper, you've got to try to guess and try to figure out what's been discounted in the marketplace and what hasn't been. And in this instance, I'd say that in corn, the majority or or actually all of the bearishness had been priced into the marketplace. There's a reason why corn fell 50, 60 cents uh, since the beginning of the year. It's because the market was well aware that we lost all that demand via ethanol. And we just saw further confirmation of it today. 
So that's all I got. Um, I'm going to wrap some, I'm going to do a a weekly wrap up, hopefully uh, later this week, Thursday and Friday, but just wanted to give you my two cents on the report. If you have questions about the report or anything that USDA said today, uh, shoot me an email to info at standardgrain.com. I would love to hear from you. I will reply to you directly uh, and uh, answer any questions that you might have, or maybe even answer them on the podcast. If you need some help with your grain marketing, if you want to know when, how, and specifically, I am pricing corn, soybeans, and wheat throughout the year, uh, go to standardgrain.com, click on Grain Marketing Plan, sign up for that subscription service. It's 49 bucks a month. It includes my morning email that goes out at 6.30 Central Time every morning. It's a very quick read, but it'll tell you exactly what I'm doing. It'll give you some overnight headlines, kind of the lay of the land, and then a text message service, which... Uh, we do price updates and then also any um, marketing alerts. If I'm making a sale or a recommendation that day, the text message service will let you know about it. And uh, you can cancel it anytime. You don't need to be a futures or options trader to follow those recommendations. Um, you can be a, a cash only marketer and follow that stuff. But if, if you're looking for uh, uh, maybe a different point of view, maybe you're seeking to improve, uh, maybe you want to try something a little bit different this year, um, go ahead and, and, and take a look at that. If you have questions about it, shoot me an email to info at standardgrain.com. I'd be happy to hear from you. Everyone have a great week. I hope we can uh, build on this little miniature corn bounce we've got going here as I speak at midday on Tuesday. Uh, we'll talk to you later in the week. Bye.